Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leaving Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-hosts, uh, Amil Carr and Kenny. Yo, yo. Kenny T. Hey, guys. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Our last show was really good. Uh, good, great reaction from the fight fans that either tuned in or called in or archived the show after. Uh, tons of fun. So I'm hoping you know, for us to do it once again. We're going to have Adam Lopez, Blue Nose, who came off. He's coming off a loss, but there's a victory in all honesty, after this loss, I said this on my Twitter handle that sometimes a loss could really mean a win. Your stock ups. And I think with Adam Lopez stepping in as the replacement to face Oscar Valdez on Saturday night on the ESPN Plus, uh, you know, if anybody, when you think about opportunities that fall in your lap and you have to do the most you can with it, a milk car, you, you can't argue that this kid did the most he could with it, that he gained a lot of fans with this, I believe, which I believe, and I think a lot of fight fans and folks out there believe that this was a quick stoppage for, for Adam Lopez. Uh, I, I felt rightfully that he deserved to get either an eight-down count or, or just to let him punch his way out, which I thought he was doing in that round against uh, Valdez. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the kid came into the fight on a five-win win streak and came in in, I believe it was like 24 hours or less to take this fight literally at the last, you know, the, the 25th, 24th hour to save this card for Bob Arum. You know, the side story here is there was another opponent who was supposed to fight but couldn't make weight anywhere near the weight. This guy stepped in, short notice, against a world championship caliber opponent, you know, knocked him down, came to fight, and was fighting back at the time of the stoppage. It was quite disappointing to see the fight end this way. I will, Kenny. Hello, you hello. had mentioned you, were, yeah, Kenny. You had said like he had, the look on Oscar's face, man. Let's talk a little bit about that because we were talking about this before we went on air. The look on Oscar's face when he gets dropped. I mean, was it of was it surprising? And 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 did he validate it? Do you think when he got up? Uh, I definitely think he had a 100% shocked and surprised look on his face, and it was a validating look. He was he was shocked, but he was also he gave him like the the confirmation smirk, the okay, you got me. Now this is a real fight. Let's turn it on. Yeah, real shot is what he think he said. That was a good shot. Yeah. Yeah, shook his head at him. You know, it was like okay, yeah, that was a good shot. Uh, you got me there. Um, you know, the the big talk was how Oscar was going to go in there with a different look he was gonna he was gonna show some different different boxing that we were used to seeing him being this pressure fighter uh he wanted to try to be more elusive move his head uh catch uh, uh shots with his with his gloves but what we really saw was adam lopez knew that guterres didn't make the weight he accepted the invitation to step in be the replacement in such a such such a short notice but what he did was didn't go on an attack as you would think, with his nickname being the Blue Nose, what he did was the attack was off that jab. Guys, 
I honestly sat there and I was like thinking, this kid's got a phenomenal jab. I mean, he controlled most of that fight with that jab. He was able to blind Oscar and make Oscar not see punches coming from the side of him because of that jab. It was a beautiful style. He was boxing on his toes. The jab was, as you said, David, it was a uh, very effective jab to the head, to the body, uh, going forward. Uh, defensively, he was using the jab. And also what he was using, and I'll say this again, I'm a big fan of feints. I've always been a fan of feints, and he was effectively using the yep. feint to keep uh, Oscar De Valdez guessing. Um, and look, Valdez is a top-tier, undefeated, you know, championship caliber fighter, world champ. You know, he was – this was supposed to be kind of a step up into a Burchelt fight, and it ended up being a tough fight in itself against a guy who, again, came in at the, at the last moment. What I also found uh, uh, impressive about Lopez in this fight was that before he faced Valdez, he only had 14 professional fights. You know, to only have 14 professional fights before Valdez and to step into the ring 24, like you guys said, 24 hours notice, it's, uh, it's extremely impressive. The fighting style was also amazing. Uh, I was surprised that he was in shape, that he was, you know, because you would think 24 hours, he would be gassed in the ring or, or, or not as sharp as he was. He was, he was extremely impressive, if you ask me. Well, I think yeah, he was I mean, in I training put... camp already, though. For some, for, you know, he had a scheduled date. So I think that's why he was in such good shape. I think that's why he was ready to go uh, with Valdez. Um, you, you know what I was in – I'll let you get your, your, your thought in there, too. Uh, yeah, uh, I was just going to say a similar thing, yeah. What I was impressed with him was that – he went in there and he immediately implicated his fight game plan with Valdez. You know, what could have thrown Valdez off, guys, is that he was originally scheduled to fight Gutierrez, who's, who's a different fighter. Uh, is not much of a mover that, that, that I think that Lopez was going to pose to him. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that Valdez had to readjust, and it had to be on the fly. So I do also kind of applaud Valdez and, and him adjusting to what was in front of him because – for a brief moment, we were witnessing a an Oscar De La Hoya jab being stick to his face over and over, round after round, and it almost looked like the upset special was going to be on the on the delivery because of what Lopez was able and capable of doing against Valdez. Valdez looked puzzled, and so did his corner. And his corner, I also too applaud him because they told him, "You need to do something. You got to do something here." Absolutely. And David, I know you're a Northern California guy and, um, you know, the Bay Area legend E-40 had an album called Element of Surprise, which oh, I was yeah. a big fan of when I was growing up. You know, I think he used that to his benefit, the Element of Surprise. I think that Lopez knew a lot, uh, much more about Valdez than Valdez knew about uh, Lopez. And in the intro to the fight, the ESPN guys were making uh, the point that uh, Lopez had actually gone down to Mexico City to De Epe when he was a, a youngster and had seen uh, Oscar Valdez fight and train out of the uh, Olympic Center down there. And, you know, Valdez is a heralded Mexican Olympian. He competed twice right. for Mexico at the Olympics. So he's someone who's, you know, vaunted in Mexico's, you know, given the utmost respect within those boxing circles. So he's someone who. I think we lost you. I think we lost, a, yeah, a Mokar. So hopefully we'll get right back on here. Um, 
I don't know, Kenny. I think the the let's talk about that stoppage here for a moment here. Uh, you know, Russell Mora is a is a ref that I believe that should always be in question of what he's done. I know there's a bit there's a lot of criticism when it comes to to uh, Judge Bird, uh, where because of her scorecard. Her scoring of Gennady Golovkin and Canelo in the first fight, but you don't really hear much about yeah. people complaining about Russell Mora. I'm just so surprised that there's not more complaints about him because this is not the first time he's either called the fight too soon or he lets certain tactics happen. Arbeco uh, facing uh, 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 Maris brings to, to mind quickly to me of the low blows that he was receiving against Arbeco and Russell Moore never even called it, never even, you know, questioned it, allowed it to continue. So this to me is kind of alarming that there's not, a, there's not managers and promoters of the other, other uh, opponent to the blue corner or whatever corner you're at uh, that are going to start that even mention not having Russell Mora on in, the, in, in as a third man in the ring. I, I, I think that, Everybody should start questioning the resume and the look of what Mora does. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, I, Russell Mora would not be the only one. Uh, there's a, a several other ring judges that have had uh, questionable uh, decisions while judging fights. Uh, one that comes to mind would be uh, Andre Ward uh, versus uh, Kovalev. The the second one with the low blow and Tony Weeks. That's another you know controversial decision. I think that in this case it happened more so because uh, Lopez uh, was not as a, much of a known fighter as Valdez, and I think that uh, 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 he just didn't get the respect that he deserved. Uh, you know, whether it's a unknown fighter or not, the, the the man was fighting an amazing fight. He was in the fight. He was he was in the competition. There was no way that he should have just been flagged out like that. It's it, 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 I agree that the, the the conversation should be brought up, uh, uh, and then he should be questioned just like Adelaide Bird was. But uh, but there's a lot of other ones. I think I think that uh, there's a more heavier case for Russell Mora, honestly, than Adelaide Bird. To tell you the truth, there's a much more heavier case for him. And I believe we got Amel Carr back on the line. Uh, yeah, I'm I back. I had to call in, guys. I don't know where I got yeah. cut off, um, but I'm 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 listening. I'll jump on. Go. Okay. So right now we're talking about Russell Mora is his stoppage. You know, which I you know, listen. The the kid was in the fight. He had the he he's the one that that created the first knockdown over Oscar Valdez. That was not just a surprise to Oscar. It was a surprise to everybody that was witnessing it on Saturday night. You know. He would. He had control of the fight. Uh, you know, it was Oscar to. It was Oscar's job to figure out what he had in front of him in such a late notice. You know that that should have been accounted for. Russell Moore should have looked in all of that. I understand you're trying to, you know, uh, protect protect the fighters, but then there's sometimes you got to let a fighter kind of, you know, cut loose. You know, and and it always the question for me has always been Russell Mora. Is he a guy? that should continue being a ref, or is he a guy that maybe should sit back? It's not seeing things the way normally he would have seen it before. You know, his instincts for, you know, it, it, it could catch up. The older you get, the slower you come. The older you get, sometimes your decision factors are a bit slow. They're not on point. I don't know. But like I said, to me, the record on Russell Mora is a lot heavier than Bird. No, I got to agree with you. And look, I'm a teacher here in New York State. You know, I have to be observed every now and again by my school principal. Every five years, I've got to do over 100 hours. I think it's over 150 hours 
or professional development. And I don't have literally lives at stake in my hands like these refs do. I mean, when, when decisions like this happen, I think really what needs to occur is they need to be taken in front of a panel, you know, re- forced to review by video what they did and be accountable for what they did and also participate in constant training. Because, look, I'm all for fighter safety when a guy's against the ropes or is defenseless or is kind of, you know, wide open there for, for an open shot. Think Price versus Povetkin. But this was not that. This is a kid who was defending himself, who was throwing back punches. You know, yes, you could make the argument of which Andre Ward did, that it's better to stop it too soon than too late. But this was way too soon, in my opinion. Way, way, way too soon. Yeah. Go go back to school. Take him back to school. I agree. Uh, uh, I, I work in IT. Aside from all the sports that I do, I work in IT, and I have to go get certifications all the time, continue studying to continue getting jobs, the same way that they should go back to training. I wholeheartedly agree with that. We're going to be calling in Adam Lopez right now in about two more minutes here on Leaving the Ring. If you guys want to call in, you certainly can, 347-215-7598. We're going to be discussing uh, Andy Reese Jr. and Anthony Joshua. The rematch is finally here. Are we going to see a repeat or are we going to see revenge on AJ's side? A lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff to break down. We're also going to be catching up with the rest of the cards that happened this past Saturday here on Leaving the Ring. If you want to call in, 347-215-7598. Call in, talk to us. Tell us who your pick for AJ and Ruiz. Who do you got and why do you have that person? Also, it's the anniversary of Tito Trinidad versus Fernando Vargas that happened back in 2001. So call in. Tell us where you were at when that fight happened. We'll let you know and uh, give you a little bit of insight where we were at and what we thought about that special night between uh, the junior middleweights Tito Trinidad and Fernando Vargas. Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna call in Adam right now, guys. So go ahead and go ahead and, yep. and just uh, roll through, and uh, I'll have him on yep. soon. Let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. So I just saw the, I just saw the replay of the of of the of the the what they call the when the referee knockout? flagged it down. Yeah, the knockout. Uh, yeah. Uh, oof. He was definitely still in the fight. He didn't even look dazed. He looked fine. He he was just backing up. He took a, like four or five punches, hard punches. He was definitely still in the fight. It was an extremely early stoppage. He didn't even look dazed, like I said. Here we go. Taking a backward step is part of boxing, and I thought that Adam Lopez was taking a backward step and, you know, boxing hello? defensively. Yes, hello. Hello, do we got Adam Blue Nose Lopez here with us? Yes, sir. This is Adam. What's up, hello, brother? Hello, How you welcome. doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good, Adam. Thank you. I just want to congratulate you on that gallant effort you put forth Saturday night. As boxing fans, like, we really appreciate what you did. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Continue let me, working let, hard and fighting. Let me ask you What's something, that? Adam. Let me ask you something really uh-huh. quick. Um, you know, it, it's – do you – because you've had a pretty rough – I'd say two months, right? I mean, you you had a management team that took back your their, their, you know your apartment, your your car. I mean, when you stepped in with Oscar, when that opportunity came up, was that a, a must do for you? In your opinion, was that a must thing that you had to do? Or because if you were in a different situation, do you think you would have took on such an early assignment the way you did? Uh, yeah, I don't think anything with. Uh... 
my previous manager had anything to do with my decision. I I didn't have to take the fight. I could have taken the fight I had lined up, and I would still got paid. I would have been fine. Um, something in me just told me to take it, and I just I knew I in my in my head I th- I thought I was gonna win the fight. You know, I thought I was gonna come out victorious. Well, I think a lot of us thought you were. I mean, you were. I mean, you were obviously headed that that way. Now, when the stoppage happened. You know, when Russell Mora waved it off for you, your reaction re- immediately was to show him that you were clear-headed, like you were still ready to go, you know. But at, at that moment right there, when you see the worst nightmare for any fighter to see the ref wave it off when you still have it in you to keep continue going, what, 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 what is the – I mean, like you said, I, like I said, you, you showed him that you're ready to go, but – Immediately after that, what was your feelings? That did you feel like an outer outer body experience? I mean, what was going through your head? Um, it was a little discouraging, you know. I mean, there's nothing you can really do at the time, but just like, you know, it just sucks. You you try so hard, and <clears throat> the ref just stopped it so quick, and everyone thought I was fine, you know. But um, there's just not much you could do in the moment. You you gotta just you know take it for what it is and. The ref is doing his job, you know. He's looking out for, for my health, but everyone agrees that it was a little short. Yeah, were, were there anything said by the referee in kind of the pre-fight instructions that would have indicated to you that he would have stopped the fight under these kind of conditions? No, he didn't like say anything about it. Yeah. He, uh, he mentioned um, low blows and heads behind, uh, hits behind the head. He said, this is your warning now, and if you guys do that intentionally, I will be taking points away, but nothing about anything that happened. Got it, got it. Is there anything that you think you would you would change or anything that your, your team, you and your team have thought about changing or how to approach the situation uh, in the future? Um, honestly, my coach is very happy with it. You know, he told me, he's like, I don't care what anybody says. You beat that dude up. That dude's a two, he's a world champion, you know. He's a two-time Olympian. He said, you took him to school. And, you know, it just wasn't wasn't my night with uh, the politics and all that. But uh, Buddy McGirt was very happy with my performance. Right. Um, it was just a big learning experience for me, you know. Everything from the day before, as soon as the word got out, I had to do interviews and photo shoots and this and that. And my phone was nonstop and everything just came out of nowhere. And it was hard to like, you know, sit down and just take a breath. And um, for me, that was the biggest, you know, the biggest task at hand because I just going to Vegas, getting ready for the fight I was supposed to fight. I just wasn't ready for it. But, um, you know, I took it as a learning experience and I, I soaked it all up. And I think I came out on top. I came out with... Uh, a lot of people know who I am now. I gotta Ready tell you, or this, not, you I, did amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was Thank gonna say, you. I gotta say this. You, you did, you did an amazing job because I think, I think like everybody else, it could have went. You know, when when they announced that you accept the fight, I was thinking, well, it can go either way. Either you're not ready for it, which we saw with McCurry, uh, Tyler McCurry, when he got in with Carl Frampton, he just didn't seem ready to do it. Didn't seem ready to make that step. With you, it yeah. just right from the start, man. I mean, it started going. I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, all right, let's see what Blue Nose has. Let me ask you this, man. 
we already know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you told us you 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 felt confident that you could win this fight. When you dropped Oscar, what right there told you for yourself? What did you think right there when you saw him drop, get dropped, and then he even smiled at you and he gave you that nod of validation, like, yeah, yeah, bro, you got me, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just know I got my respect from him right then and there. You know, the first round I saw it in his eyes and he thought he was gonna walk right through me. But um, I think he, my jab was giving him trouble the whole night. And then once I dropped him, he uh, he felt I could pop a little bit, and he respected me a lot more after that. So I think it was just you know he didn't he didn't have too much respect for me going in, but I know I earned it right then and there. In terms of the preparation for you, for the fight, could you just let us know how that works? Like when you take a fight in on such short notice, in terms of the game plan, like how do you do that? Like how do you put into effect a game plan on such short notice. Honestly, um, Buddy and I did not watch any film on Oscar taking the fight. Um, Buddy doesn't watch any film on any fighters, I heard. That's what he told me once. Yeah. He doesn't watch no film on nobody. Um, We just train for anybody and everybody, anytime. But um, I know Oscar very well, and I've seen his style. You know, I know how he fights. And like I said in my other interviews, um, I believe that I saw I saw a lot of holes in his game, you know, and I I thought I could capitalize on him. So taking the fight, it was just something that I always wanted to fight Oscar when he was at 126, and once he moved up, I thought the opportunity was going to be gone. And uh, once it presented itself again, I, I jumped on it quick. And did you know that your jab would be so effective early on? Because that's one thing that the three of us really just noticed that your jab was like really working. Yeah, I knew I knew that was going to be the factor in the fight, but he said it too. He told me he's like, "Look, this, your jab is going to control this whole fight. You need to stick to it." And Such there was parts where I kind of got away from it. What an Thank awesome you, jab, you have, man! Yeah, yeah, bro. I mean, it's really rare now in the fight game where you know. I mean, I've been watching the fight game for going what thirty years plus, um, or even more. I don't want to tell you my age, Biddle. Um, <laughs> but I, it's rare to see somebody your age really, really get a hold and understand their jab. You know, I remember, I remember like, you know, the old timers used to say the jab is the hardest one to throw. It's the hardest punch to throw and maintain because everybody naturally just wants to let their hands go both. They don't want to set shots up. They don't want to create certain things. What I watched mm-hmm. you do was that you controlled the, you controlled the fight with your jab. You created openings with the jab, but you also made Oscar back up with that jab because it was such a striking jab. Phenomenal. Keep that up, man. Don't 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 let that disappear into your, the repertoire of all the other punches you you have. Keep that one out because I believe believe me, I think that's what's going to make you a star. Thank you, man. You know, um, the first two months I started training with Buddy, he didn't let me throw anything else but a jab. For two months, we're on the heavy bag. Just throwing my jab. And, you know, I got to give him all the credit in the world. He's, he's the best coach in the world. He really taught me what the jab could do. He put me in there with world champions sparring sometimes, and he said, just use your jab. And I was controlling it, just using my jab. So, you know, Buddy really gave me the confidence behind the jab, you know. He saw I had a good jab, but he saw I wasn't confident with it. But now I'm very confident with it. I've been confident with it. And, I'm looking forward to the next fight. It, it's very humbling to hear uh, such a warrior like yourself uh, give credit uh, to his trainer. Uh, but uh, 
I just want to ask you really quickly, uh, where, where where are you going from here? What's next? Do you do you have uh, any opponents lined up? Have you and your team discussed any lined up opponents? Uh, are you going to add any elements to your training uh, based on what you've learned from this fight? Um, we haven't. We, we hello. Oh, um, we haven't yeah. uh, sat down, sat down and talked about the next fight yet. But um, I'm definitely going back to 126, my my natural weight class. Gonna see what I could do down there, and um, I'm 23 years old, so eventually I'll grow into 130. But right now, 126 is where I'm at. Um, I'm gonna get back into the gym end of this week, start working out again, um, sit down with top rank, see what they want next, sit down with my managers. Just um, you know, I got I'm, I'm in a good position right now. I'm young, I got a lot of time in front of me, and we're gonna take it step by step. And uh, now that I got eyes on me, we're gonna see we're gonna see what's next. Your stock is on the rise, baby. Yes, yeah, sir. definitely. Yeah, I mean, if I could buy stock right now, I could buy, if I could buy stock right now on you, bro, I, I would definitely do it. <laughs> I, I, I love, you know, I love, I love the backstory because, like I said, you know, your last management kind of screwed. They screwed you over. They didn't kind. They screwed you over. And then Sheer Sports and Rachel Charles comes uh, and they swoop you and, and they, they they took control of your career. You know, then Top Rank took the chance. Well, they didn't take the chance. They had no opportunity. They had no other you know, uh, 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 reason not to put you on there because they had nobody to make the replacement after Gutierrez had 11 pounds over on the weight limit of facing Oscar Valdez. I'm curious about mm-hmm. this, though. Just to ask you before we let you go. If you continue on and, and you continue doing the work that I think that a lot of us believe you can do because your stock is obviously has went up and you finally grow into 130 and Oscar Valdez is still out there and he's still winning, do you a rematch and do you believe they would give you a rematch after everything that you've done Saturday of how much of a of a you know you may I mean you got to admit you made their nuts go up to their throat for a brief moment first he gets knocked <laughs> down then he's getting out boxed you think they would want to do it again with you um it's a hard decision I don't know what they would decide Oscar told me he'd give me the rematch he said I earned the rematch but I know at the end of the day it's not a hundred percent up to him. It's him right. and his team. If they think he's ready, if they think he's made the adjustments, but um, if they give me the rematch in the next six months, I have no problem moving up to one thirty and taking it. Do you well, mind taking? Tough. Do you mind we patch in a couple of fight fans here, Adam, really quick, uh, maybe one or two to ask you a question here on the on live on leaving the ring. Yeah, no problem. All right, let's see. Let's patch in. Uh, Five one zero, you're on live right now and leaving the ring. We got Adam Blue Nose Lopez. You got a question for him, brother? Yeah, I enjoyed the fight. Congrats on the on the effort, Adam. Uh, great fight, man. Really proud of you, man. Uh, Fernando, Thank you, man. Really appreciate proud that. Yeah, dude. Um, are there any uh, names you like to challenge at one twenty six? Um, one twenty six. You know, there's there's not too many big names out there. Um, with top rank, we got Shakur. I would love that fight. Um. I know Al Heyman's got some good names, Gary Russell, uh, Tug Suit. There's there's a lot of there's some there's some names out there, but there's not any like superstars I would say yet. Um, really, any but any any one of those that got the belts or in the top ten, anybody they can get my name out there a little bit more. Well, uh, thank you for answering my question, Adam. I'll be uh, cheering you on from here on out, man. Uh, thank uh, you. Once again, man, congrats and thank you for uh, taking my question. Bye. No problem. We're going to patch in just one more, Adam, before we let you go. Let's go, area code 661. You're on live right now. Leave a ring with Adam Blue Nose Lopez. 
You haven't, even, you haven't even got back into the ring. You ready to knock this caller out, Adam? <laughs> well, bro, I want to thank you, man, for, for coming on, leaving the ring and talking to us. I wish you all the best. Uh, let's, let's chop it up once again when you, uh, when you find out your next fight. Let's get you back on and, and let's see uh, what we can do here. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thank you for having me. Okay, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Right, Take thank care. You. Thank you. Blue Nose, Adam Lopez. You just witnessed him fighting... Just uh, this past Saturday on ESPN Plus, um, I think this kid's got a bright future. I think we all agree here on leaving the ring and even the callers that uh, if we could buy stocks right now with the kid, I think I think it'd be the, it'd be a great idea. He's growing in. He's still growing in, into his uh, his weight. He hasn't fully grew into 130, but he made a valiant valiant uh, 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 you know run at 130 facing Oscar Valdez in such a short short notice. With that jab. That jab can take you a lot of places, Milkar. The 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 sky is definitely the limit for this guy, Milkar. He's trying to patch in still, I believe. But yeah, the sky the sky is definitely the limit for for this guy. He uh he's like he's like you said, he's very young, has a lot of talent on his hands, and he's going back down the way to 126, where I think uh it was suit him much better. So he grows his uh what w- what people call his manpower, his uh, man size or man frame. Um. <clears throat> I think Although I'm done enough to figure out the, the, the blog talk. I'm just going to stick to my phone, guys. Sorry about that. Okay. No worries. Yeah. Awesome, no worries. Awesome. Fight fans, you want to call in, you certainly can. We're here right now until till 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, Pacific time, 9, 9 p.m. Eastern time, 347-215-7598. We're going to open up the phone lines in about another 10 more minutes here. Uh, what we need to do is uh, start breaking down the heavyweight anticipated fight rematch, another rematch anticipated fight on the zone on Saturday night. Uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. versus Anthony Joshua. I got to tell you guys, I'm very intrigued with this fight. I'm more intrigued with this fight than I was with Wilder and Ortiz um, because these, I mean, a lot of, for some reason, a lot of folks are saying that AJ had an off night the first time. They had a lot of excuses that followed behind that loss when he got stopped by Andy Ruiz. You know, is, could you believe any, any of these things that could have happened? You know, could he have uh, got hurt uh, before? Was he was he sick? Did he have an anxiety uh, attack? Was he um, was he not really AJ? It was a it was a, a, a an identical twin. He took, decided to take his place, step into the ring. I mean, I heard everything, guys. Everything you could think of about why AJ didn't show up on that night when he had to face Andy Ruiz Jr., who at the same time, likewise as the Blue Nose, took it on short notice, six weeks short notice. Yeah, I mean, when I look at the first fight. You could look at the way he was biting down on his gum shield and, you know, maybe a little bit of the nervous energy at the beginning of the fight, but A.J. was boxing okay to start the fight, and in fact, he hurt Andy Ruiz, but his problem, A.J., is that he doesn't commit to boxing tall, to using a jab, to jabbing going forward, jabbing at angles, jabbing going back. He doesn't uh, throw his left jab his right hand and clinch the way Klitschko would. And when he got Andy Ruiz hurt, he decided to jab, sorry, to hook with a hooker, uh, a hooker that has much shorter arms than he does. That's a much better inside fighter than he is. And a guy who 
has much faster hands than he does. And that was just, you know, a spell for defeat. So, you know, mentally, where is AJ at going into this rematch? We don't know. What we do know is that he's drastically altered his training. You've seen the videos and the photos of him as have I in the interviews. He's clearly lost a lot of weight. I don't know if that's going to help him at all in this rematch. But what I do know is that Andy Ruiz is a much more skilled boxer and I would say a much more intelligent boxer than AJ, and we'll see how this plays out. Um, well, I, I hope that uh, if the aliens did abduct the real AJ, I hope that they bring him back for this fight because we, we're going to need the real AJ. It does look like he's done some good preparation. Uh, his his uh, his uh, his lungs look. He, he, looks, he looks ready. His cardio looks. Re- he looks ready. In the first fight, he gassed out. Uh, was it five or six? In the round five or six, he gassed out, and he started asking his trainer, "Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way?" I I don't know if I see him gassing out like this, like that in the second fight. He looks like he took his cardio training to a whole other level, and he also dropped a couple pounds. I do think that'll work to his advantage because Andy Ruiz is very, very fast, and he did have a lot of trouble getting out of the way in the first fight. Uh, obviously, with the way that I'm speaking, you can tell the who who I, I go for in this bout. But uh, let me pass it off. It sounds, like, it sounds like you're going for AJ. What I would say, though, Kenny, we may disagree on this. I don't think it was an issue of his cardio. I thought it was more the fact that he got hit in the temple and was hmm. possibly concussed. I yeah. think he got hurt. I think it was not necessarily his conditioning. It was more Andy Ruiz landing that shot on the, on the side of his head to make him do that kind of chicken dance and, and hurt him. And I don't think he ever really recovered from that from that blow. I call it a Zab Judah dance, guys, not the chicken yeah, dance. Yeah, the Zab Judah dance. It's the Zab Judah dance and stuff. But let me tell you this, man. <laughs> let me tell you this. Um, you know, when, when, that, when the first fight happened, I had, you know, gave my analysis and my breakdown. And I had said that if Andy Ruiz can rip a page of Corey Sanders, uh, Lamont Brewster, uh, what they mm-hmm. did to the bigger guys, he could pull this off. I didn't think, though, with the six weeks uh, span time that he was given, uh, could, uh, could, could, could he muster it up? Was he this size? Could he, could he, could he muster it out all the up and, and, and actually uh, push back the much bigger, bigger athletic Anthony Joshua, and guess what? He did do that, okay? Now, now, the new thing we got to think about, he's, he's losing weight. Um, a lot of folks are very concerned about that. Uh, I've been asked why you think he's doing that. Don't you think he should just stay where he was at? He was successful at it. He was able to really absorb the punches from AJ, et cetera, et cetera. Look, this is what I say. One is, I think that Andy Ruiz understands that AJ is going to come in with a more solid plan. Learned his lesson. He got burnt the first time when he decided to put his hand in the fire. Okay? He got a bit greedy when he dropped Andrew Ruiz with that short left hook. Uh, he decided to continue to put his hand in the cookie jar. And guess what? They, uh, you know, Randy Ruiz closed that lid. And it cost him. So I think that what AJ's plan is to do, which would be the smart thing, is to rip a page from Lennox Lewis, which is make the fight boring. Jab, jab, and when, you're, when the smaller guy gets close, you clinch on him, you put your weight all, all, over his neck, on his back, to take out his legs. I think Andrew Ruiz is shaving down those pounds so he can be more mobile. 
Speed is a big factor for AJ. We saw that with the first fight. He wasn't able to control the hand speed of Andy Ruiz. If anything, he looked very stunned and surprised in how fast Andy Ruiz. If you had not witnessed Andy Ruiz in the past, you would have not known that what Andy Ruiz brought to the table. We all knew, we have been watching Andy Ruiz for quite some time, that he has hand speed, and he's a decent puncher as a heavyweight, you know, and he's proven it over and over. He's got an undefeated record for a reason. He made, he made uh, Joshua Parker revert in a, to boxing when he was being known as a puncher. He wasn't able to get off against Andy Ruiz, and a lot of us feel that Andy Ruiz should have received that win over Parker. So I think that AJ's coming in with a game plan of Lennox Lewis to uh, Latimer Kalisco, which is jab, use your height, try to stay on the outside, try to have Andy Ruiz uh, receive the punches at the end of his punch, uh, which would be very effective because as a taller guy, you want him to feel the end of the snaps, not the short short punches. So I think what Andy Ruiz is doing is slimming down so that he can be a, a, a lot quicker with his feet to close the distance, to smother and to make uh, AJ again uh, do the stupid thing, which is try to trade it with him in the inside where Andrew's shorter arms are going to land first. Steve, I, I don't disagree with, with that uh, analysis, David. The only thing I would say is, look, he's had less than six months to, you know, re- rebound from a devastating, humiliating, let's be honest, it was a humiliating loss. He didn't get one punch KO'd like Lennox did against Rockman. Right. He got beat up for multiple rounds, right? And the difference between AJ and, and Lennox, less so Kalisco, but definitely <laughs> with Lennox, is Lennox could, could knock you out with multiple shots. Lennox had a, a, a great jab, much better than AJ's, powerful jab. He jabbed to the body, jabbed to the head, various forms of the jab. He could hook, right? Kalisco could hook right. as well. But one that Lennox had, and just look at the Tyson fight, and what he did to Vitaly Klitschko, he had one hell of a fucking uppercut, uh, Lennox did. Oh, yeah. He could, yeah, he did. He could uppercut you. He could knock you out with that uppercut. I don't know. I, not, I don't know that it, AJ does that, and I don't believe he ha- he, well, he's, he's able to do that. Well, he's not sneaky like Lennox. AJ's not no. sneaky like Lennox. I mean, Lennox, look, when Lennox got power. in. Right. You know, when Lennox got in with Michael Grant, he jabbed. And instead of pulling his jab back to cover himself, what he did is he made sure he planted the jab over the head of Michael Grant. And then he snuck in that right uppercut that dropped him the first time, that dropped Michael Grant. Lennox is, when Lennox needs to be mean, he could be mean. I'm not sure that AJ Absolutely. has that. And I was, you know, I was laughing because when you were saying that about the beatdown, you guys remember the GFI on Twitter of the beatdown where when Andrews lands that big shot and then immediately yeah. his soul just leaves the ring, ends up at the yeah. airport, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, look, he's been memed all over the internet. He's been memed all over the world, but not only England and the United States. Like, you know, one of the guys that works at my school, he's actually a public safety officer, is uh, Yoruba. Yoruba is like the big ethnic group in, in Nigeria and a lot of the people in Brazil, Cuba, et cetera, are Yoruba people. Like, to them, it was, a, it was like a public humiliation, the AJ loss. You know, he brought that whole choir out there for the weigh-in from, from, um, right. from England. It was like an African choir. This was supposed to be, you know, the, like the king coming to, to you know, to America. dominate more territory, you know, like coming to America. But right. it was anything yeah. but. And the, the thing with, with his, his, his tactics here, if you look at Lennox, 
Lennox was powerful with that jab, going left in retreat, going right in retreat, going forward. He jab at angles. Joshua does not have a multi-dimensional jab like like Lennox did. And what's worse, he doesn't. He it, what's good about him is he has a fighter's mentality. So he got a guy hurt. He wanted to go in and and hurt him. But uh, uh, Lennox is a chess master. Just because he gets you hurt doesn't mean he's going to go in for the kill right away. So, you know, Lennox would have never gotten into a hooking contest with, like, David Tua or some of the shorter guys that he boxed in his right. prime. I don't know what AJ was thinking. Uh, you're six foot six, right? You're yeah. boxing a guy who's barely six foot tall, right? Use your jab, right? Use your movement. And as you said, clinch him. And if necessary... Uh, walk him down with the clinch, put weight on the back of his neck, wear him down. Which brings me to Andy Ruiz, which I didn't, didn't uh, mention. I'll be quick with this. The reason I think he's losing weight is because he realizes that uh, Joshua's going to try to move a lot more in this fight and that if he's going to be successful, he needs to close the distance. And to close the distance, he's going to have to use his feet. And to use his feet, he's going to have to be a little lighter and a, and a little quicker. So I think... He's losing weight to have quicker feet and quicker hands. Right. Uh, I agree with you. I have to say, uh, I have to say that I do agree with you. And as a, a, a Anthony Joshua fan, I'm actually a little worried because, uh, you know, Andrew Ruiz is so much more experienced. Uh, he's been doing this since uh, since he was a boy. You know, right. uh, AJ started doing this as a grown man. Uh, so it's it, it worries me because it's uh, like like uh, uh, Milcar said uh, in six months. How much training can he possibly get? How much knowledge can he gain in six months? How how much muscle mm. memory can he gain in six months to be able to do this in the ring flawlessly without thinking about it? You, you, you know, know, Kenny it, and I. We, sorry, go ahead, Kenny. No, I was, that, I was just going to close the thought and say that that's just what what worries me uh, uh, about AJ uh, 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 and and coming into this fight. And I don't I don't know what he can learn in that amount of time. That's it. It just it just scares me. But I do go for AJ, and I'm gonna keep that there. Uh, I'll AJ, pass it on. AJ and we said this on one of our videos that we put up. Uh, AJ is the guy who looks at the keyboard when he types. A. Yep. N-E-A-N-O-Y, Joshua, at gmail.com. Andy Ruiz, he's just typing away. He's not looking at the keyboard. He's just typing. I'm going to hate it when we have cameras on for the show just coming up pretty soon when we start doing that. Left hand, right hand, he's typing away like he's a virtuoso piano player. EJ's looking at every key one by one. The muscles are there. He knows what he wants to do, but his brain is not processing the information as fast as, as Ruiz. Because as Kenny just said, he has not been doing this as long. And he repeatedly says it. He always says how he's learning how to box. He got that sting as, as well of being stopped and beat up the way you had mentioned a car, you know, that yeah. has to weigh in so much. Is, uh, as we all know, the the – Mental state of a fighter has got to be 120%. Physically, yes, but mentally, you have to be there. As we saw with, like, Adam Lopez, who stepped in against Oscar Valdez. He went in there with a, with a mind frame that, I'm going to beat this guy. Uh, Tyler McC- uh, McCurry, who stepped in with uh, Carl Frampton, went in there with doubts. And it was clearly shown 
in his fight performance that he had doubts. AJ is going to have to go in there with with whatever he's chalked up on the board. He's got to disguise it of what he hasn't learned, and he's got to enforce whatever he's kept, whatever he's been able to digest. So that's a, a huge task for the, over itself because not only do you have a guy that's, that already's got a, a, a fantastic victory over you and an embarrassment, as you mentioned, he was humiliated in the ring uh, to his coming in America debut, but he's got a confident, a confident fast hand, fast foot fighter that's coming, that's going to show up. And, and, and honestly, I don't know about you guys, but I thought Andy played a little bit of mind games with them, but not signing the fight right away. He wanted to frustrate him a little bit and, you know, really just get underneath the skin by saying like, ah, like one foot in the door, one foot out the door every time. And I think that has to weigh on AJ as well. It was brilliant. And here's the thing, AJ, and this may sound like a controversial statement. I don't think he's a better boxer than Joseph Parker. I think he's stronger than Joseph Parker. I think he hits harder than Joseph Parker. But I think Joseph Parker, who's got a much more extensive amateur background than AJ does, is actually a better boxer than AJ. Now, if AJ's not going to use his physical attributes to his advantage, which he didn't do in the first fight, I don't see him outboxing Andy Ruiz because I didn't see Joseph Parker totally outbox Andy Ruiz. And I think Joseph Parker is actually a better boxer than A.J. The problem for Joseph Parker when he fought A.J. is he wasn't allowed to box. As the referee kept stopping it any time he did anything successful. I, um, I do think that A.J. will be ready mentally, uh, just due to his background, due to where he comes from. Uh, from. From my understanding of him, he's a street dude that had to deal with a whole lot of different drug issues he's, and fight, street fights and stuff when he was a, a young man. Due to his background and, and the hardships that he comes from, I see him being mentally prepared and mentally ready. In fact, I see him coming in the ring with a little more fire than he did the first time around. Um, I thought yes, he showed that in the first was, fight. Can uh, he did, but so, here's the thing. He's not, you know, I'll give yeah. you an example of a street dude from England. A street dude from England is Dillian White, who we might talk about later on, who's fighting on the undercard. I'm not saying that AJ had a well-to-do background. He didn't. But he comes from a, a good family. Um, he was on path to go to university to do things of, of, of that nature. He wasn't, he's not someone who grew up tough and hard like a, a Dillian White or other people I could mention from, from, from London. Um, I'm not saying that that makes him less tough, but, you know, he is who he is. He's, he's, not, he, he's, a good, he's a good athlete that boxes, who's got heart, who wants to win, who trains hard. But we saw what happened when the going got tough in the first fight, you know. He was asked to walk to the referee. He didn't. He spit out his gum shield, you know, when he was knocked down. And the referee had no choice but to stop the fight. You know, you know when I get my take with him of what happened when he stepped in with Andy Ruiz in, at, yeah. in New York is, you know, to me, what I saw him coming out in the ring walk was – a kid that, that already felt that I have arrived because I've been told that I have arrived. When I, when I started watching AJ, I remember me and Brian Fogg, uh, you know, uh, Brian used to write for uh, Leaving the Ring. Uh, me and Brian were really high on AJ, you know, still are. 
Um, I remember being Brian were like, dude, this kid's the future. He has it all. He has the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the looks. I mean, he looks like a like a, a heavyweight champion. And when he fought, he fought like he wanted to be a heavyweight champion. Well, AJ's yeah. got to come back. He's got to come back this Saturday night and fight like he wants to be the heavyweight champion. Not the AJ of Saturday losing against Andrew Ruiz as the guy that I'm already here. I'm the it factor. I've, I've, I, I should have all the accolades that come along of being the heavyweight. He didn't, you know, to say that he's not a street guy, he's not a tough guy, I saw that that night. He could have just stayed on his ass and not try to get up. After a second time being dropped, he could have just said, forget it. It's not going my way. I can't seem to get my punches off. I can't seem to get it my way. I'm done. But he went and fought through it, and it was stopped. I go again. In order for him to take this to win this fight against Andy Ruiz, he's got to fight like he wants to be champion, not like he is a champion. Right. And look, whether or not somebody is a street guy or not, to me, is inconsequential in terms of whether they're going to win. Like Lennox Lewis, who I, my favorite heavyweight growing up, was not from the streets. And I would put Lennox Lewis in against anybody. But, uh, you know, in terms of him having arrived, David, look, we're talking about a guy who boxed in front of what? 95,000 people in England's National Stadium in Wembley. You know, a guy who was making $30 million a fight already. You know, look, we're all human beings. That stuff is going to go to your head. So the question is, uh, do you think that thing, do you think Kenny, for instance, that he's been humbled by that loss and it will make him hungry going into the rematch? Well, uh just I guess to uh, rebuttal the the the, uh, the comment about the street, I wasn't necessarily saying that he's going to win because he's from the street. Just that I think his mentality will be okay. He'll be ready since he should be a little right. strong-minded. But uh, uh, sorry, your second question was I I, I didn't. No, just if you that. think the losses humbled him and made him the hungry AJ that that David said he noticed when he was coming up in his career. Oh, definitely. I hope so. Uh, um, I, I hope he's not walking around like he's Deontay Wilder and he got the one punch eraser and like he can just wait and beat, get beat the whole fight and then win with a punch. I hope he's not walking around with that type of King Kong demeanor like he's a god. No, he really needs to be humbled and he needs to come in here. I hope he, he, he is humbled. I don't know. He, you can never tell. He looks like he's humbled through his interviews, but then again, he always looks humble in every single one of his, his interviews, every single one True. I've ever seen. So. I, I, I don't know. You can't really tell from his demeanor in, in, in the interviews that he's given. Well, he has, he he like, has made comments about people needing to kiss his feet or bow at him or whatever when he wins this fight, which I felt was kind of suspect. Weird. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Why, yeah. Why? Why, why? Why? People should be bowing and kissing Ruiz's feet for beating his ass the first time. I mean, well, I'm he, not going to kiss anybody's feet personally, right. so I don't know. Just, that's just me. You know, here's my thoughts about Ruiz. The question that linger around Ruiz right now is about spending the, in, in the money spending, buying big cars. Um, you know, he might not be taking this fight very serious. You know, being a Me- being Mexican American, and I think you know a lot of Mexican Americans or even Mexicanos will, or Latinos, we we're kind of prone of making fun of each other. You know, a lot of us come from a household where, you know, your older brother or even your dad or your uncles, when you make an accomplishment, they'll compliment you with with sending a non-compliment behind it. Like, you know, oh, yeah, you've knocked his ass out, but you'll probably get your ass knocked out this time. So what I think about Andrew Ruiz is, is that 
when I see him and I hear him in interviews, I still see the same kid that's still hungry, that's still fighting for respect. Because remember, as soon as he stopped and he won and he, and he became the unified champion, how many of the celebrity commentators or the, the celebrity world uh, bashed Andy Ruiz, calling him, him fat? Oh, man, look at this guy's body. How could you let this little chubby kid beat you, et cetera, et cetera. And I, and then I really didn't see it affect Andy Ruiz because we've had him on leaving the ring, uh, uh, what, five, excuse me, five, six years ago, and I asked him about his weight. I said, do you get tired of people questioning your weight? And he said, you know what, um, I do and I don't. Because I get ridiculed in, 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 you know, in and outside the ring. I'm used to it already. It's kind of become part of my motivation, you know. So, and the whole spending thing is, is this. Look, I really, it, to me, it doesn't show me whether or not he believes he's still a fighter. To me, it shows me that he's got a family to take care of. And the one thing that, I, that any man, and I mean any man, I don't care if you're black, white, Hispanic, any man, is it's the greatest yeah. gift to be able to support your mother and your wife and your kids with everything. Pour out everything to them. That's why I bust my ass off. That's why you guys bust your ass off. That's why, you know, uh, boxing is where it's at because of the blue-collar uh, uh, fans. We're the backbone of the sport. We pour everything in to our families. And Andy Ruiz, to me, is the epitome of that. He wants something big that he wasn't supposed to. He was the underdog. He got the win, and now he's kind of, you know, spreading the love within his circle, within his family, which rightfully he should be able to do. Does it mean that he's not going to be set and ready to go on Saturday night? I don't know. I think both of them come in with questions. One guy needs to fight like he wants to be a champion, and this guy, Andy Ruiz, has got to fight like there wasn't a fluke. Very interesting. This is a very interesting fight. Fight fans, you want to call in 347-215-7598. Let's talk boxing. Uh, what do you think, guys? Should we patch in some fight fans really quick? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. Let's go back with Troy since he's been waiting. He's been on there for the longest. Troy, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Uh, I think Fernando. I think I threw one. Oh, I'm sorry. Fernando, my bad, bro. My bad. How you doing, brother? <laughs> Oh, you, uh, you want to talk to me? Cool, man. No, no, no. No, no worries. About that. Let's talk. No worries. I'm doing good, man. Uh, what's up, Kenny? What's up, uh, Milkar? How you guys doing? How you doing, oh, good, brother? Fernando. How are you, bro? Good, bro. Just getting off of work, man. Just, you know, fucking hard work out here in this rain, man. Working construction, man. It's been raining this whole last well, we couple had days. No, we New York, so I'm not feeling too bad for you. Really? No, we're, <laughs> you know, we're, getting, we're getting, you know, washed out over here, man. I mean, it's bad right now. You know, you you work indoors, Melkor. You work indoors, man. Come on. Yeah, man. that's true. That's I'm true. Out here, I'm, out here, I'm out here looking like a wet cat, man. Yeah. You know? uh, but it's all good. It's all good. We're all, we're all working class. Hey, um, I'm really excited for the, the fight this weekend, man. Like, uh, you know, there's a big part of me that likes AJ a lot, man. Like, I, I like him. I respect. I respect him. Right. To be honest, man. Like, I kind of, yeah, dude. He's a he's a he's a he's a credit to the sport, man. So like, there's a I'll be going for Andy because you know he's he's Mexican American, right? Like me, he looks like me too, right? You know, big chubby kid. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do I have a cousin to be his twin brother, man? Like, you know, anyways, man, he looks just like the he looks like family. But uh, but you know, like uh, I, I'm gonna be torn this week. But I think uh, Andy's I think Andy's gonna win by a decision, man. I don't think there's gonna be a knockout this weekend. Uh, mm. I seen the both. I seen both of them lost weight. Like, both of them are, like, try, trying to thin up. I'm not sure why AJ's doing that, man. Like, if anything, he wants to use the, like, I, I heard he was talking to Vladimir Klitschko and stuff. 
Like, that's the biggest difference between AJ and Vladimir and uh, Lennox is uh, he doesn't have uh, Manuel Stewart in his corner, man. Somebody right. to, to help him use, use his body weight, man, to lean in on somebody, to hold them, to clutch them, to lean. Uh, Absolutely. If I was Those trainer, two guys also I'd had much more extensive amateur careers as well. Exactly. True, AJ did win the Olympic gold, but much like Wilder, his career, his amateur career was super short. But don't you guys think it'd be a good idea for him, to like, like, kind of like lean in on a uh, on Andy, like, to put that weight on him, wear him out like that, dude. Especially if Andy's losing weight. If I'm, if I'm his trainer, jump, like, grab on him and lean on him. You know. Take, but it's uh, got to be done left. effectively, though. That's the only thing, uh, Fernando. Yeah. It's like, look. There's there's ways. See, everybody thinks it's it's easy just to jab, you know, you lean on him. But if you watch the way Vladimir Klitschko did it and Lennox did it, there was a science to doing it. You know, they jabbed and it made the guy get stuck in the mud. And that's when they 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 would use that moment. Andy Ruiz could be a little bit tricky because of his footwork. And he's got an extensive amateur background that if you do it too soon, he could step around you and throw a left hook. He could step the other side, throw a right hook. So it's it's something that AJ's got to be well prepared for. And I agree with Mokar when he says six months. Could you really uh, be prepared for that? I don't know. We're, you know, it's 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 hard to say yes. It's hard to say say no. Um, I, I think this. I think the losing the weight in AJ's part and talking to other folks of trying to find, uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to find, trying to find the, the missing piece to the puzzle is what really gets me a bit worried because it tells me that they still are not really sure how do we defeat Andy Ruiz? How do we stop the hand speed? If he goes in there and he becomes mobile, how do we stop it? So, you know, it's, there's a lot there for AJ to analyze, to consume, and, and to deliver. Uh, it's just, can he do it? I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm with you. I think I'm going to pick Andy Ruiz, and I, and I, I don't think it's far-fetched to believe that it's going to go the distance as well, bro. Well, we're, we're forgetting yeah. one factor, um, which is the judging and the refereeing. And there have been some questionable AJ victories. I'm not saying he didn't win, but, for instance, the Carlos Takam fight, I believe, was stopped way too early. I think right. that the refereeing job that was done in the Joseph Parker fight was really bad. Uh, I don't think uh, Joseph Parker was allowed to get his hands to let his hands go because every time they got close, the referee would separate them. Um, so I'd be interested to see who the referee is and who the judges are for this fight and like where they're coming from because Saudi Arabia is not known for having like a very good boxing commission with a long track record of pulling off championship fights. So I, I honestly think that that's a big ta- intangible as well. I just want to bring it back to the, uh, the clinch, the Klitschko clinch or the, or the Lewis clinch. Uh, mm-hmm. AJ tried to do a sloppy, a very sloppy version of that last fight where he was getting beat up on the inside. And it was like he couldn't make his mind whether he was going to put his body on the guy or he was going to smother the punches or he was going to hug him. He couldn't make up his mind. I don't think he had trained for that last fight. Uh, I do think they are putting some training into that this fight. If you, Like you said, he met with Klitschko. We'll see. I, I, I definitely sound biased because I go for AJ, but I definitely respect Andy and his knowledge and skill, athleticism. It's going to be a, a, a huge match this weekend. Yeah, I think the key well, what you... for – sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, please, I'm sorry. 
I was just going to say that when you're when you are walking someone down and clinching, as anyone who's sparred knows, is you have to be also wary about counter punches. And right. um, Andy Ruiz has very fast hands, so you know if you walk a man down with your hands up, he's going to dig you to the body, right? If you walk a man down with your hands too low, he's going to hit you with counter shots to your head, especially if he's got good footwork and can move from side to side. So yeah, again. Can he learn all of this in six months? I mean, these are things that take years for someone someone to master. You know, the thing, too, to point out with Lennox and Klitschko is that being such big men, they actually knew how to clinch correctly because big, the bigger the, you are, the more you exude uh, energy. You expend energy yeah. a lot quicker. You know, uh, with AJ in that first fight against uh, Ruiz, he was trying to clinch up with him, but he was trying to muscle him. You don't want to do that with a smaller guy when they're trying to let their hands go. There's an effective way of holding, and that's something he doesn't seem to have learned just yet. We'll find out Saturday yep. if he's conquered it, but he hasn't learned it just yet. Hey, hey Fernando, really quick, uh, this is the anniversary of uh, Tino Trinidad versus Fernando Vargas. Where were you at, brother? Did you watch it at home? Uh, Did you watch it with family? Where were you family. at? I watched it. Well, like for us, we you know, Mexicanos, we watch together, right? Like my family, my uncle. Right. I love watching fights with my uncle. Man, he's the one that got me into boxing and stuff. Man, taught me how to box right when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, I remember watching that dude. I remember thinking Vargas was going to win right up until uh, Tito rang his rang his doorbell twice, man. You know, <laughs> the two little blows, dude. Yeah, that that was like that was like big time. I was like, I mean, I like Tito. I'm not talk too much bad about Tito, man, because I do respect him. But damn, that was that was gangster, man. That was some gangster shit right there, man. That was he a great, he, he, great fight. Yeah, great fight. Uh, one you know, question, I don't know if you guys are talking about it a little bit later, but what do you guys think of the undercard, man? A lot of good heavyweights on there, man. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I was and, uh, actually going to ask uh, Kenny to, to, to outline the undercard, but, yeah, I mean, there's the uh, return of Dillian White, which I think is interesting, especially after the drug testing. You also have um, uh, the the other heavyweight fight with the – the, uh, Kovetka and the Michael Croatia. Hunter. Yeah, Kovetka and Michael Hunter, and then uh, Philip uh, Herkovich and Eric Molina. Yeah, the Croatian so contender, who's very, who's a very good fighter as well. Yeah. So yeah. I, and I, I uh, think, the Jonah Carroll fight should I'll, I'll be good as well. Uh, which one? The, the the Jonah Carroll he fought uh, Gary Russell Jr. Under? previously. He's a pretty exciting fighter. He's the one that fought uh, Kevin Farmer, right? Is that is that who fought Jonah Carroll? Sorry, yeah, sorry, Terran Farmer. Yeah, Tevin Farmer, sorry, yeah. That's who I meant, Tevin Farmer. Yeah, on you know his own. And, is, I, and I thought he did very well in that fight. He was throwing a lot of punches. He was tough, man. He just didn't have uh, the knockout power to really hurt uh, Tevin. But, yeah, that guy's, that guy's a tough, fun fighter to watch, man. So it, it looks like Absolutely. a really good card, man. The only, the only, the only bad part, uh, part of it is for us out here on the West Coast, man, we're going to take the L for once, man. The thing starts like at 8 in the morning over here, man. And I guess, like, the main event's going to be, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, West Coast time, 4 o'clock right. East Coast, man. Which ain't too bad, but, you know, still, man. I'll be drinking, drinking early, man. I'll be passed out by 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Kenny, what yeah. time was it when we finally got to see the Canelo fight against Kovalev? Oh, like, 1.30, 2 a.m., <laughs> something like that. Okay. So, yeah, I, Fernando, I'm not feeling too bad for you, bro. <laughs> oh, no worries. I know. We got, like I said... Like I said, it's the first time we've taken an L out here in the West Coast. I usually we got good times out here. Right? I ain't complaining. I know. I got you, man. I got you. I know. Yeah. Two bucks. All right. You're two bucks. You guys, you you guys are, both, are both Chicanos. So, do you give uh, Eric Molina any shot against uh, Philip Hergovich? I thought oh, his Chicano card was still pulled from underneath him already. <laughs> 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 he'll, 
He'll make a phone. He'll make a phone for a little bit, but he's gonna get knocked out. He knows yeah. he's there. Yeah. You know. But thank I, you for taking my phone call. I appreciate it, man. No worries, man. Thank you again, bro, for calling in and stuff. Um, five fans, you want to call in three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. I think it's uh, I think it's a little telling that you see all these heavyweights that are on there that have failed a testing of some sort. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, I, my understanding is Ruiz and AJ are under the Vada testing. They're they're they are doing that. So let's patch in another fight fan here on Leaving the Ring really quick. Let's uh, go with area code one one one. You're on live right now. Leaving the ring. Yes. Uh, Dave Amilka, how's it going? Is I'm good. From Is yeah, I'm in. How's it going, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just the beginning, but I heard you guys talk about the Joshua Ruiz fight. Uh, yeah, am I right? Maka, you're leaning more towards uh, Ruiz, and Kenny's leaning towards Joshua. Yeah, that's what it, I think that's where we're at, right, Kenny? That is correct. What about Dave? Uh, I didn't hear what Dave said about the fight. I'm gonna. I'm honestly. I'm leaning with uh, Ruiz. I, I think Ruiz can pull it off again. I I kind of agree with uh, Fernando, who just called in right now. That I think it might go the distance this time around, um, which should lead us to be a bit worried if it does. I think it'll be in favor of AJ if it goes the distance than it would for Ruiz. I I think that's likely as well. I, I'm. I'm kind of split, although I think the deck is stacked against Ruiz. For him to pull it off again, being hmm. in Saudi Arabia with looking at the judges and all the referees, I think I think Ruiz will have to either beat him emphatically or drop him and knock him out like last time, always like three, four times. Uh, if I'm being honest, I think it's fifty-fifty fight. If you're gonna just base it on the first fight and Andy Ruiz's hand speed and the way AJ was getting hit at will. Then, I mean, I, I, I got no problem if someone says Ruiz is the favorite and he's already knocked him out. But if you look at it on paper, the guys that Josh has fought and um, looking at the old advantages that are looking like they're leaning towards Joshua, then I'd probably say Joshua maybe on points is a safe bet. I'm not sure about knockout. I think Ruiz might actually have the best chin at heavyweight. I know Joseph Parker got a good chin, but. That left hook that Joshua hit him with and then that right uh, hand, Ruiz, I think might have been the only guy to have taken that shot. And the only other guy, maybe Tyson Fury. I'm not sure if someone like Joseph Parker would have taken those shots. And he, Ruiz showed he could take big shots. Uh, if, if that was Wilder, maybe Wilder might knock him out. I think Wilder's power, he hit so hard, I don't think it matters how good your chin is right now. Unless you're freaking you get up like Fury, but Going back to Joshua, I think the big thing is, I think he underestimated Ruiz. Uh, that's not to take away anything away from Ruiz, because I agree with Dave. I think Ruiz wasn't given the respect. and Sadly, if he loses the rematch, I don't think he will be given the credit. I still don't think he's been given the credit, because hmm. he beat Joshua fair and square, and he knocked him out. That wasn't a one-punch knockout, like uh, Milka said. It, it was a beating for, what was it, like six so seven rounds. Right. I still think one of the judges had, one of the judges still had Joshua down. Us. I mean, that right. Was, <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Re- yep. re- really quickly, re- really quickly, I just want to say that the score is now one to one. Andrew Reeves versus Tasso with the call-ins. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't made a final prediction, but yeah, I'm leaning towards Joshua. I think he's on. It points sounds there. like it. I, I, I yeah, already, yeah, I, I already claimed you. Him. I already claimed you. You're on the Jasper side. I already claimed That's you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I could definitely see. I could definitely see Joshua by controversial, unanimous decision or controversial split decision for sure. Like I said, it depends yeah, on the I, judge. You know. I think looking at the referee Louis Pabon and the judges was it Glenn Tro- uh, Glenn Tillman, um Benoit Rousselis, I think and. The other judges, I think it's a guy from Britain, Steve Gray. I don't really like the officials from Britain. Very rarely there's a referee or a judge that I'm, that I'm high on uh, in the UK. I think the officials, they are bad, so that's not a good sign. But I'm not sure. Like, yeah, It depends how the fight plays out. If they blatantly rob Andy Ruiz or something, I think the fans will will know who the real winner is. It's just, it's not looking good if that's the case, if it does go the distance. But I do think that if it's a close competitive fight or a fight that could go either way, I think Joshua will get the nod. And I think the referee will probably be more favourable. Although outside that one fight he refed, I think the Klitschko-Povetkin fight, I don't think he's that bad of a referee, but if he doesn't let him work on the inside. Yeah. Pabon is from from Panama and he's like a go-to kind of neutral official that, that does, sorry, sorry, yeah, Puerto Rico, who does a lot of uh, uh, cards in in Europe when they want a neutral referee. Um, you know, for whatever reason, in the United States, they don't use a lot of neutral referees unless it's like Michael Griffin, who's from Canada. But, you know, Pabon has a lot of experience. Uh, he's Like you said, he's mostly done well in, in, in his fights. Yeah, outside that Klitschko Povetkin fight, I don't think I've seen too many controversial fights from like the way he's officiated. But I think it depends how he refs. refs that's the big thing. That I was at that Parker Joshua fight. That was in my hometown, and the Carlos Takam and Joshua fight. What's your the hometown? In the first, uh, that was, those were in Cardiff, in the Cardiff. Oh, Cardiff, got it. So in Wales. Yeah, and the. Yeah, well, the first fight, that was a very bad stoppage. That was, like, one of the worst stoppages I've seen in a high-profile fight. And then the Parker fight, the referee was bad. Like, he didn't let Parker work on the inside. Live, I couldn't tell, even though we had, like, good seats on the floor. Those were, like, three, I think, $300 seats, like, 200-pound seats. But watching him back on TV, he, he was way too quick to break him up. I just think if the referee does a fair job, that's only one, then I don't think there'll be too many complaints. But... I don't know about Ruiz. The thing I'm not sure is about hunger. Like I know a lot of people have made a, a big issue about the money and all that, but before that first fight, I don't think he had all this money and luxury that he wanted. And now he's probably set up for life. He's financially stable. Only he, only, only we'll find out on the night, and only he knows how he feels about stuff like that. But I, I just think with that going along with. Um, I think Joshua's at his worst, not to take anything away from Ruiz, because even then, he was still a huge favorite. I just can't see him being as bad as he was in that first fight. I know Ruiz was really good in that first fight, and all credit to him. He made AJ pay for trying to hook him on the inside, but I wasn't too impressed even before the knock uh, knockdowns, when they both traded knockdowns. Uh, to me, he just looked very... I don't know if nervous is the word, but he, he just looked like he, he didn't want to be in that ring. And I think when he dropped him, the whole Walder Brazil 
knocked out, knockout came to his mind and he tried getting him out of there. But you got to give Ruiz credit for that fight. He still beat him. But in this next fight, this is where I think we'll find out how good uh, both guys really are. I think Joshua has shown a lot in his career that he's beaten some very good fighters. Although a couple of them, maybe we could argue we're past their prime or older. But nonetheless, I think he's probably got arguably the best resume at heavyweight. And Ruiz, I think he has fought his way to the top. That fight with Joseph Parker and this fight. But outside those two fights, I'm not too sure if he's really been having the competition that the top guys have. But he's got a chance now. If he wins the rematch, I think you've got to put him at least in the top two heavyweights. At the moment, I've seen guys put him outside. Top two or top three? Top two, I'd say. I'd say if he wins, I'd put him ahead of Wilder. I think the only guy really? who maybe ahead. I, I, think I, I, would, I would put him behind both Wilder and Fury myself. I think beating Joshua twice is more emphatic and more of a bigger statement than beating someone like Luis Ortiz and I was it, Birmans to Burn, or some of the guys Wilder's beat. Uh, I know he's made more title defenses, but I just think that he'll have all the majority of the belts. He'll have beaten the number hmm. one guy twice. I think you'll have to put him at least top two. Yeah, that's a, that's a reasonable argument to make. But I think I'm that, not sure. that you you said you said that uh, you were, you were talking about kind of uh, Joshua's preparation for that fight. I think one thing that a lot of us are discounting is that Andy Ruiz was a replacement too. So he he's had a much longer training camp and um, a much longer opportunity now to kind of train specifically for Joshua and his style. So I think that's, he's going to make a lot of improvements as well. And he's now oh, been in there with Joshua. Both guys could improve. But if you look at Joshua, what the previous fight he fought, and I don't want to sound like I'm trying to make excuses or defend the guy, but he did not fight since September. And I think a big guy like that who doesn't fight for that, there's two types of guys. Uh, one guy who's not in the gym sometimes eats his way out. And there's other guys like Joshua who I think was just pumping weights, and to me, that wasn't a good a good thing about Eddie Hearn or Matchroom, whatever they did, because they, did, they had two Wembley dates signed for September and April. He beat Povetkin, Walden Fury got a fight line. But he was supposed they to fight went. White. White said yeah, that the money should've was went. small. They should have went April. It didn't matter even if White pulled out. They should have fought anyone in. I know Miller in Brooklyn, whatever, they're trying to sell it, but to me, that was something they bent down for the zone, and the whole pressure got to him when Miller popped 33 times, a change of opponent. And another thing is, AJ, this is all AJ's fault as well. He has to take blame. The mentality-wise, he he let the pressure get to him. And when he dropped Ruiz, he didn't show him the respect. And he made, he was made to pay for it. But you got to give Ruiz credit. He beat him. And if he beats him again, I think people need to start giving the guy respect. But I do think Ruiz is the underdog as well. Uh, again, but if he pulls it off again, then he's he's a player in the division. But thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, Hamed, before thanks. you go really quick, uh, the anniversary of Tito Trinidad and Fernando Vargas. Where were you at when you watched that fight, brother? I think I was too young. What year was that fight? It was in the year 2000. No, it was 2001. It was 2000. Right? It was 2000 2001. I wasn't a hardcore boxing fan. But I was only a seven or eight or something like that. So I, I think ah. outside Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis, I'd find it hard to know who those guys were at that age. But 
Thanks for taking my call. All right, brother. Thank you. Man, I'm starting to show my age over here, guys. You know, when you start getting callers telling me, I was, uh, I was, I was a baby. I was a baby when that fight happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, was still in the. You remember the cable boxes, the black boxes era? Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. David, yeah, that, that was like the tail end of that era. So yes. there was a Salvadoranian kid I went to high school with who had a box, and um, we he brought it over to my mom's house. That's how I used to watch a lot of the fights back then. Yeah, that was the that was actually the way. There was always either a, a family friend, or or a family member that had that box, and everybody would go over there. My uncle Mario was the one that uh, had the box because he wanted to watch all the fights. So that's I was always at his house to watch every fight. You know, uh, when that when Fernando Vargas and and uh, uh, Peter Trinidad fought, where I was at, I actually went to my brother in law's Adolfo's house. To watch it, and everybody in the household uh, was a Fernando Vargas fan, and uh, I was the uh, uh, only uh, Tito, Tito Trinidad fan. Yep, I was rooting for Tito. I thought Tito could pull it off. And then a minute, I remember everybody going like, "What? Are you crazy? He's gonna get he's gonna get dropped. He's gonna get beat really bad." And uh, when when Ooh, Tito boom. clipped him in that first round, oh my God, that room was silent. I was the only one jumping up in the air. You know, because uh, uh, I had put a bet down with everybody in the house. They fed him to the to the lion too fast, man. And El Feroz was like a terror going through the 154 division. He was just destroying everybody. I remember it. Oh yeah. I actually thought he was going to win as well, and I was a Tito fan. But um, I you know, in retrospect, I think they they took that fight too soon. You remember what they did to David Reed too? They fed him super soon to. Trinidad as well, but with him it was more because of the bad eye that he had. I think they exactly. wanted to just cash him out. With with, with uh, El Feroz, they had plenty of time to kind of develop him a little bit more, let him make some optional or not optional. But he didn't want that though. Expenses. No, he didn't. Yeah, but no, at the end of the day, wanted... he's a young kid. Like that's what management right. is for, right? Exactly. Exactly. He didn't want that. He what he wanted to do was to show his excellence as 154, and really because he was chasing. Uh, the shadow of Oscar De La Hoya. He wanted to prove yeah. that he was the real Mexican fighter. He was the real guy uh, that should be crowned um, the next great Mexican-American fighter. That's what he was chasing. And, uh, I mean, he gave us a night to remember, uh, you know, if anything, he still tip your hat off to him. But I believe that really ruined the rest of his potential of what he could have been uh, in the 154 to 160 division. 100%. And with him, he kind of fought off of anger, too, a lot, which I think hurt him. He had a serious issue with uh, Deloitte. They had bad blood. I think it was because he felt that Deloitte disrespected him when he was a kid and he wanted an autograph or something. I really remember well, something, the details. There were so many different yeah, there were so many different stories. Yeah. There was the they were jogging and Fernando had slipped down a hill and Oscar laughed at him and ran by. Yeah. I, I, think, I think when it comes down to this, I think that every fighter... Uh, that views a fighter that's getting the recognition, recognition before uh, even doing anything, there's always going to be that bit of jealousy. I mean, look, AJ started late in his career, uh, looked like a heavyweight champion, uh, sound, sounded like a heavyweight champion. Andy Ruiz is this pudgy little Mexican kid that had a, way, had a fight his way up the rankings. Uh, you know, uh, uh, top rank didn't know what to do with him. 
you know, so so they dropped them and, and you know, because of the image. And if you don't paint that image, you know, you know, they always say don't judge a book by the cover, but that's complete bullshit because that's why you pick up the book. That's why you look at the book because of the cover before you read into it. It's what it's it's don't judge what's inside of that book. That's what you have to do. And I think what with Andy Ruiz is the proof factor is that but everybody judged him for the cover, but didn't read what was inside, you know. And AJ uh, um, is got he got all the immediate applause and and uh, you know celebration for something he hadn't yet was still still edging to accomplish. And I think both men are at that point. I think that's where Fernando was. He was kind of pissed that uh, uh, here Oscar De La Hoya was getting all the praise and and he was fighting for that same praise as well. Yeah, let's go with the under, undercard over, overview really quick, and then we'll go back on to the phone lines with some fight fans here on Leaving the Ring. Um, and then uh, I just got to remind myself, there's something I did want to bring up on point about the Andy Ruiz and, uh, and, uh, and AJ fight, uh, a pick that nobody so far I have, heard, I have yet to hear from uh, about the outcome, what the upcoming outcome could become. Uh, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I'm assuming by that you're you're talking about a, a draw. Yeah. Damn it, Kenny! I thought you were at the bathroom, bro. <laughs> nah, no bath. No, 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 no bathroom this time. No bathroom break right now. No, no. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't see this being a draw, man. I don't see this being. Well, a let draw. me ask you this. Let me. Well, this here's the reason I'm saying that. There's the reason why I'm saying it, Kenny. Look at all the significant fights that have happened this past year. The, the fights that should have ended up with a, with a clear winner have ended up with a draw because there's money behind it, you know. Uh, there, there's money behind cool. it to, 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 to push on to whoever they were marketing to get to the bigger money, a much bigger money fight. I, I think there's a lot of money at stake for AJ uh, to win this fight because everybody still is clamming for that Wilder fight. But at the same time, there's a lot of money to be made with Andy Ruiz because he is the first Mexican heavyweight of all time. So I don't, I wouldn't get past it with Vegas and all the money players that are involved with this, that if it goes to that decision, if it goes to the decision, it's best to keep their record intact, meaning that they wasn't, it wasn't undecisive. So they could still sell the, you know, the next fight for either one of these guys as a, you know, well, there wasn't a clear winner. We have a draw. That's what happened with Tyson Fury and Dante Wilder. There was a lot of money weighing on Wilder to win this fight because they wanted him to meet up with AJ. It went to a draw when clearly to a lot of folks like myself, I thought Tyson Fury won that fight. So I would not so get did I, Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, look, if AJ wins, why shouldn't they run it back? I mean, it would be one and one, right? Right. And, Trilogy. And yeah. Exactly. And from what I've heard, the, the fight uh, with uh, Wilder and and um, Fury, because it was a draw in the first fight, that there's already going to be a third fight. So there's going to be you a rematch know. of that fight as well. So they might as well run it back. Yeah, I agree with you, David. I could definitely see your point of view now. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, money makes the world go round, and uh, these uh, all, all these uh, promoters are going to chase the money. So I completely understand. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I will hardly yeah. understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so Ken, you um, want to run us uh, Alright, let's do it Let's do it So uh, now I'm just going to give you a quick rundown Of the fights that we have for the undercard This coming Saturday 
Uh, we have a heavyweight match versus Alexander Povetkin and uh, Michael Hunter. Uh, we have a WBC International Heavyweight Championship bout with Flip. I'm gonna put the chop this up. Excuse me, sorry, no disrespect. Hergovic versus that's Eric pretty Molina. good, yeah, Hergovic, yeah. All right, all right, and another heavyweight match with uh, Dillian White versus Marius Wack, and a super featherweight match with Scott Quigg and Jono Carroll. So yeah, uh, give us a give us a rundown of your thoughts, uh, David Duenas and uh, Milcar Barnett. Talk to us. I'll let you go first, uh, Mel. All right. So, I mean, with the Pavekin fight, uh, personally, I wasn't too impressed with his last fight versus Huey Fury. I don't think either of them impressed us. Uh, Mostly, I thought it was, if anything you were going to be impressed by, was just the fact that he's still fighting at this advanced age. I think he's, what, over 40 now? Um, And he was competitive with a guy in his mid-20s. Michael Hunter is trained by Asim Rahman. He's a good heavyweight, but I think he's very undersized. I don't really see him going anywhere in um, in, in the heavyweight division past, like contender status. So I kind of see this as kind of a loser leaves town type of fight where, you know, I don't really want to see the person who loses this fight necessarily fight again. With the uh, Hergjevic-Molina fight, I think this is mostly a showcase fight. For the Croatian, uh, White, this is his comeback fight again. I think Wok is there. Marius Wok, the Polish guy, is there to make him look good. And Quig and Carroll, I think, is going to be a very good fight. I, I became familiar with Jono Carroll. Um, you know, Fernando has uh, corrected me. I had said uh, Gary Russell. It was actually not Russell. I'm, well, I'm mistaken. Kevin he said Farmer. It was Devin Farmer, absolutely. And it was a very close contested fight. It was like back and forth, but Fernando said it perfectly. He just didn't have the power uh, to go along with his volume punching. So I think those pretty much we're going to go with the A-sides on all of those on all of those fights. I don't really know who the A-side is in Pavetkin-Hunter. I kind of see that as a crossroads fight. What do you think, David? Well, I think with Pavetkin, it's, it definitely is a crossroads fight. For, for Michael Hunter, it's a fight that should prove the reason he believes they went they went around him and picked Andrew Ruiz instead of him because he was campaigning that he wanted that call uh, to face AJ the first time around when uh, when Baby Miller had been popped three times and was pulled out of the fight. Michael Hunter was making his case that he was the dangerous heavyweight. He's the next big thing. So I think it's this time right now on the undercard to prove why we should all have eyes on him. Going on with the other cards uh, like uh, with Molina. I mean, you know, he really honestly, uh, he's just, a, he's, he's a body. He's a warm body. Uh, Dillian White should be able to, you know, uh, keep himself body. busy. Yeah. Uh, Scott Quigg in, in the qualifier, I, I agree with you. I think that's a really good, uh, good fight. I, I'm just wondering if Scott, his face is going to hold up. Um, he's got some scar tissue a lot. So uh, I think whatever he could muster up, it should go. It should go uh, either a bloody bath or a uh, uh, possibly. I think I don't. I know. I know we're talking about the punching power, but sometimes punching power doesn't mean that you can't get the stoppage over a guy that's been around for quite some time in Scott Quick. Let me ask you a question, Kenny. Um, What's up? Dillian White was stripped of his WBC interim title, the title he won um, against Arivas. 
at the O2 in London. Do you think that that was justified that he he lost that status? How, how do you see his comeback? How do you what, what's your views on that? Uh, interim title, blah blah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I mean, let let me rephrase it. It's the mandatory challenger spot to, to Wilder is what the most significant thing that he lost. I, I I I like the way that sounds much better than interim title. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should he have been stripped? Uh, well, he should have definitely been fighting. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I definitely he should have been fighting. He hasn't fought in a long time. Uh, but Marius Walk is, uh, is, in my opinion, is a, a a cherry pick. I sent you guys this on Twitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dylan White should have been stripped. Uh, Dylan White should have definitely taken a, a fight with uh, Deontay Wilder when he had the opportunity. He had excuses regarding the money being slow. That that's nonsense. Uh, take the fight. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the the bigger fights you take, the more you impress your fans, the more fans you get. The bigger the challenge, the more difficult the challenge you're taking, the more fans you're going to get from your fight. And yes, Dylan White has a lot of fans already, but that would have been uh, uh, it would have been great for him to continue forward with the fight with Deontay Wilder. And yes, he should have been stripped. Uh, and regarding uh, Alexander Povetkin and Michael Hunter. I actually look forward to that fight. Um, Me too. I want to. I want to see what Michael Hunter has. I want to see what he has in the, in the books. I want to see what he has. Uh, Pavetkin, we already know what he has. It seems like he has one foot out the door already. It, I honestly think like this is a, uh, like Pavetkin stepping out of the heavyweight class and Michael Hunter stepping into the heavyweight class. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You never know. Uh, experience can be used. You, you you never know. We'll see, too, because I'm not sure if uh, the rest of the guys are being tested in the heavyweights that are going to be showcased on the undercard. We know that AJ and Ruiz are, but the rest of the guys, I'm not, I'm not sure. Povetkin could be on the way out, or he can have a needle in him. So we don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let, me patch, let me patch in another fight fan here on Leaving the Ring. Three, four, if you guys want to call in, certainly can. 347-215-7598. We still got a lot of boxing here to talk. Uh, let's call, let's uh, patch in. Five one zero, and you're on live right now. Leave the ring. What's on your mind? It's, it's me again. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm just listening. Okay, it's, bro. It's Fernando. I'm just listening. Fernando. Okay. Let's see. That, there's another five one zero here. Hold on. Five one zero. You're on live right now. Leave the ring. What's on your mind? Boom. Five one zero is having connectivity. Knocked down. We got a knockout, another knockout here on leaving the ring, uh, without even trying. Didn't even stick the jab out there, Milcar. I just got him. Right. You know, street, uh, straight, straight, uh, right. right. <laughs> you know, you guys want to call in? Certainly can. Three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. I want to know what your pick is for this Saturday on the Zone uh, with Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua in rematch. Is it repeat or revenge? Also, uh, where were you at? When Fernando Vargas stepped in to face Tito Trinidad for the 154 title, uh, what did you think about the fight? Where were you at? Were you even around? Were you uh, uh, are you my age? Let me let me ask that. Were you my age uh, when you watched that fight here? What do we got not next on the on the list here to talk about here, guys? I think the review of the fights from the weekend, right, Kenny? Hello. Pardon, pardon. I was on mute, thinking I was talking. <laughs> okay. Uh, Yes, uh, we had the review of the upcoming uh, fights, which we just did, and now we're up to. Yes, the fights that just finished passing, since we didn't get to do that. Uh, 
November 30th, which was this past weekend, this last Saturday, in Birmingham, Eng- Birmingham England, we had Zolani Tate versus John Riel Casimero, which was a huge surprise. Uh, I'll let you guys dive into that after I finish going in, down this list. Uh, we also had in Monte Carlo, uh, uh, excuse me, that is not, I don't know why I can't see that. Uh, we had Radzab Butayev versus Alexander Besbutin in a 12 round fight, which uh, ended up in a, it was a unanimous decision 12 round win. Uh, and we had Cecilia Brakis versus Victoria Bustos in a 10-round uh, unanimous decision win for Brakis, who is still undefeated. So uh, now I pass it on to you guys so you guys could let me know your thoughts regarding the first fight because that was a huge shocker. Solani Tete and Danriel Casimero. Talk to me. You want to take I'm that one day? I'm brokenhearted, bro. I'm brokenhearted yeah, with Solani Tete. I tell you that. I, I, yeah. I had a lot of high hopes with him. You know, when he when he, when he got out of the uh, um, the World Boxing Series tournament, I was just like, damn, because the fight that I wanted to see was Inge and Tete to go. I, that was the fight yeah. that I was hoping was going to happen. Though we got with Dornier. I got to say it again. Dornier, uh, my God, gave a great, great performance. What is, this, is it his last performance? I'm not sure. I don't even think I had a chance to even talk about that. But going back with, the, with Tete, I mean, I was shocked, guys. I was shocked to the point where I wasn't too shocked, you know, because uh, I, other people that I spoke to, they, they, you know, they didn't have that much uh, confidence in that. And, 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 you know, and I was like, really, what am I missing? Well, obviously Saturday night showed me what I was missing. Yeah. I mean, the talk going into this fight was that, you know, he'd take care of business against Casimero and move on to possibly a fight with Inouye. Um, Pasi Mero actually, though, his last two fights had some vicious knockouts. He, he went to Mexico, was on the road. He KO'd a guy named Cesar Ramirez. A brutal late-round uh, knockout. And what I noticed from him going into the fight was that he could switch hit and that he could box at angles. Kind of a poor man's Manny Pacquiao, and Manny Pacquiao is actually his promoter. But right. I was not expecting this. I thought that he'd bring it to Tete. And Tete would catch him coming in. I mean, Tete is is known for being like the fastest K, having the fastest KO in the history of championship boxing. I think right. it was six seconds. You know, he's yep. a vicious, brutal uh, knockout puncher with his straight right and with his hook. Um, so it was definitely a surprise, you know. Uh, but all credit to Casimero because he was the B side fighter. Um, it was a Zolani Tete card. Zolani Tete is promoted by Frank Warren. And, again, he was just supposed to be a stepping stone. So he's gone from WBO interim to WBO. I would actually, believe it or not, like to see him take on uh, Nordin Ubali next, the WBC champ out of, out of France, who's kind of mentored from time to time by Roy Jones Jr., unify um, the WBO and WBC titles, and then – fight for an undisputed title with Naoya Inoue. That's what I would like to see. Um, but, yeah, I'm super, super shocked by, by the results. I like, you know what? I, I mean, think the I whole world Kasi, Yeah, the whole world. I think Kase is right, though, by calling out Inoue immediately. Inoue being in such a war with Dornier, uh, questions him how, how has, he, has his body recovered. So for, for Kase to say, hey, I want him next. Let me have him. I think that is a brilliant move. Rather than let Inoue repair 
mentally and physically. Get him right now where he's still uh, got some aches and bones and some questionings that he's going through uh, from his life with no needle bone. engineer. Right. Yeah, broken orbital bone, all kinds of damage. Yeah, bro, yeah, what were your thoughts of the KO, up. Kenny? Uh, what was that? I said, what were your thoughts of the KO? Uh, it was a savage KO. It was unexpected. Uh, I expected the, the, the height and reach advantage for Tete to really come into effect. Uh, you know, I was hearing so much about this guy and his power and his speed and how he's so big and how how he should just have such a big advantage. So I was really expecting this to be like a like a walk in the park for Tete, the way that I was hearing uh, uh, everybody speak about it. But uh, no, it was a completely different. A third round knockout. That that that, that that's savage. Uh, and yeah, uh, we have to see him and against the beast next. Yes, very embarrassing. Yeah, we, I think was, I think we definitely was. have to see him against the beast. Naoya next. Naoya in the way. You know, it was kind of like a temple shot, kind of the way uh, Joshua was hit at the top yeah. of his head, and you know, just really tough to recover from those. You know, especially when they're coming from, like, weird, unexpected angles. Um, so, yeah, rebuilding time for Tete. So, so mm. before before we move on to, to uh, I guess, the next fights that we have to discuss for this uh, previous weekend, I just got uh, uh, another question regarding uh, Tete and Casimero, and that is uh, for you guys, actually more Tete than Casimero. That's for you guys. What are your thoughts regarding uh, what he should do with his career coming next? Does, does, does he stay in the same weight class? Does he try to... Uh, challenge for a rematch? Does he go up and wait? Does he retire? Hmm. I think what he needs to do is just go back to the, the retirement. I don't. I don't see why he should do that. I think, you know what? When you're when you are in the fight game at the level you're at, thank you, baby. Um, there's always going to be some type of some type of hiccup or bump. You know, um, I I don't think the way he was stopped is to warn off him to go decide, hey, I need a I need a, you know, step out of the, the ring and, and, and maybe venture to something else. I think what they need to do is just just go back to the drawing board, see what they did wrong and uh reestablish themselves. Don't don't take nothing big, don't take nothing uh you know to try to 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 set a statement immediately. I've always believed that that's really terrible when management forces their fighters to come back after a KO or from a beatdown immediately to try to make a statement to the fans and to the promoters that they're still, they're still in it to win it. I think that you slowly need to rebuild a fighter. Believe it or not, fighters have very thin skin. Fighters are very sensitive. You know, it's very easy to crumble their confidence. They're like babies. Once they fall and they skid their knee, it's very difficult for them to get back on the bike. You have to slowly and gradually get them back on there. Pushing them out there, I've always felt, is the wrong way to get a fighter to get back to where he once was. Hi. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I do. It's like burning all things. I'm getting huh? clean around it. <laughs> That's what it's <laughs> from what from what I uh, understand, he wasn't struggling to make weight. Yeah, that's what I put on like self clean. I'm making sure. What's going on? I don't know. I'm hearing. Uh, I think it's Fernando's yeah. voice in the background. I'm not too sure. Oh. I was just oh, gonna wow. say that. I, don't I forgot think... to put him on mute. My bad. Go okay. ahead. 
Yeah. yeah, I was just saying that I don't I don't think he was having trouble making the weight. Um, I didn't read any reports about that. And he had been out for a long time with a shoulder injury. So it just might have been an, an issue of the bad opponent at the wrong time. Right. And, you know, it's tough to come back rusty against an unorthodox guy who can hit hard and from awkward angles and just ice you the way uh, that Casimero did. So, you know, I hope that he can rebuild. Uh, in terms of the, the zone card, Kenny, if you guys didn't see it, you didn't really miss too much. Um, Mutaev and Putin wasn't exactly an exciting fight. Um, sorry, go ahead. Uh, Amilcar, before, before we move on, there's a part of the yeah. question that both you and David missed, and I think David wants to answer Carla, but the part that, of, the, of, of the question oh, that you and David missed is, do yeah. you think that he has uh, any potential rematch uh, chance against Casimiro? I said Casimiro uh, doesn't I get, get... I wouldn't put him back into that fight. I wouldn't either. And also, too, I mean, I think Casimiro has other, you know, now that he's got that win, it's a big win, I think his options are, are further out more than, um, and you know what I mean? Like, if he doesn't get the other fights that he's asking for, there's a strong possibility they'll fall back in having a rematch. But right right now, I just don't see, you know, it happening because of that. But I, I yeah. agree with you, Milkar. He shouldn't, he shouldn't even ask for that right now. He needs to go back no. to that drawing board, you know. Rest uh, and recovery, all in all. Rest, yeah. Rest, yeah, absolutely. Let me pass in, a, uh, in another uh, fight, uh, Fight fan here on Leaving the Ring. If you want to call in, 347-215-7598 every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, every every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here on Leaving the Ring. Let's patch in area code 523. You're on live right now with Leaving the Ring. Hey, how's it going? Saludos a todos mis hermanos desde Mexico. Salute to all my brothers from Mexico. This is Renee, a.k.a. Renee Box Young. How are you guys doing? Doing good, good Hey, I just wanted to comment a little bit. Is it okay on uh, the topic? I just got home, you know, tuning in right now, and I saw that the subject matter is on Reese AJ2, right? Go for it, brother. Cool, man. I, I just want to break down a little bit on what I think the fight's going to play out. Last week, I was a little bit wrong. Sometimes it's hard to predict fights, you know. It's styles make fights. It's Absolutely. difficult to... Uh, yeah, and, um, you know, last week we saw the amazing KO by Wilder. Wilder didn't even use much athleticism as I predicted. You know, he just, boom, one shot, but through the seven, up to the seventh round, he was studying it and all that, studying Ortiz and just waiting for the time. Uh, but now in this, as far as with this fight, this is what I see kind of playing out. I think that AJ is going to use his leg work, right, and his jab to keep a uh, Ruiz at a distance and away from those combos, them flurries that uh, Ruiz tends to throw. And I also think he's going to be clinching up a lot. Maybe it, it will go to the distance, you know, because I think Anthony Joshua, he's coming with a new mindset, you know, from a defeat. I think he's going to be a lot more determined. I think that he's going to give a, a better, you know, a way better performance than the last, the first fight with Andy Ruiz against Andy Ruiz. And I think that, um, you know, it's going to be a close fight, man. If Andy Ruiz doesn't really knock out Anthony Joshua, maybe not to the magnitude of the last fight, but as at least knock him out, you know, I think that Anthony Joshua might win unanimous decision by points, man, in the 12th round. It might go 12 rounds, you know, but who knows? You know, this is such a – I think this is even more unpredictable 
you know, this this rematch because a lot, you know, there's, I mean, if you guys seen the trajectory of Anthony Joshua, he can fight. A lot of people say that he can't fight or, you know, what have you. We know that he can fight, um, you know, but um, I, it's kind of hard to say, you know, but he has heart. Remember, you guys go back to the Klitschko fight. Um, even though Klitschko was out of his prime, you know, he was from almost a two-year layoff and stuff like that, but still, Anthony Joshua, he has been through some fights, you know what I mean, and he can take he could take hits or what what have you, but um, he, he did go down with Klitschko also, but I just think he's going to use, you know, to sum it up, a lot more footwork, use the ring a lot, jab, you know, and clinch up more than we think maybe. And Andrew Reese mentioned just recently on Twitter that he knows how to cut off the ring, you know, or on, on an article recently in an interview. He, he can cut off the ring. A lot of people haven't seen him cut off the ring much. So I think Andrew Reese is going to show us some new stuff in, in this rematch. Uh, who do you guys got, man? Do you guys think uh, Andy will take it or, or Anthony Joshua? Kenny? Dave? Uh, well, this is kind of like a like a two versus one. I'm the only I'm the only AJ supporter in this crowd. Although you know I, I also believe it can go either way, but I'm the only one going for AJ. I'm not choosing the round. I'm not choosing the knockout or 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 uh, whether it's gonna be the. Oh, don't play it safe! Come on, Kenny. AJ. Don't play it safe. You pick a round or or say his decision, bro. Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm gonna go. With AJ by knockout, give me round. And you know what? I'm going to go early. Give me round five. Round five. Okay. You got it on the record there. Emil, what do you got? Right. I have Andy Ruiz by unanimous decision or AJ by controversial split decision. I see it going Ooh. the distance. Distance. Yeah. And, and I wanted to say something here to, to respond to the caller, Renee. I think that the difference between uh, Joshua getting up and fighting on versus Klitschko to him not doing it versus Ruiz is just that there's a more clear path to victory versus Klitschko. I think he knew what he could do to beat Klitschko. I think he was just befuddled by uh, Andy Ruiz. I wouldn't even call it quitting. I would just call it you know, getting knocked down repeatedly and then not seeing a way that you could actually win and continue. Uh, he couldn't he, see he the had punches. no answers for weeks. No, he yeah. couldn't. He couldn't he, see those we, punches, we, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Going back to, like, like look, hand speed is, is, is always a major factor in boxing. And I remember going, like, to the wild card and, and, and speaking to, to some of the guys that had a spar uh, Manny Pacquiao and the one thing they used to say was that his punch hurt more because you couldn't see it coming you know and that's what made Manny so so phenomenal and I think that with Andy Ruiz a lot of folks don't know how fast his hands are he's very quick now when he talks about cutting off the ring uh, Renani I, I, I'm, I hope he does that because you know what he didn't do it against Joseph Parker you know, he wasn't able to really cut that ring off. And I think that's why a lot of the judges had to kind of lean with Parker, uh, uh, you know, with that fight. But I, I'm going to I'm going with Andy, Andy Ruiz. I think Andy can get the, the stoppage in the eighth round. Um, I don't think he's going to try to go after him immediately. I think that what Andy's going to do, showing his experience, he's going to allow uh, AJ to make mistakes like he did in the first fight. 
But if I'll tell you this, but if it goes the distance, man, I'm not going to be surprised that they wave it up as a draw. Mark, you can know, I say something about real I, fast? I, go for it. Just real fast, I'll be I'll be out. Um, no, take your time. Think, go for it. Oh, thanks, man. Um, I, I also think what what might frustrate Andy Ruiz is AJ's footwork, man. I think he's going to use it a lot. Um, you know, and I think his Andy Ruiz is going to kind of be chasing him down. I just kind of see that right. happening. We'll see what's going to happen, right? But the thing here is that Andy Ruiz, I don't think he's the type of person to chase down a fighter, you know, his opponents. When you go back to his other fights, more of a flat-footed fighter, you know what I mean? And I'll, I think AJ is going to just bring something totally different, man. And um, he's just going to probably be just running, using the ring, getting his points, racking them up, using his jab, clinching when necessary when he sees danger. And uh, Andy Ruiz definitely has the speed. I am, I'm going for Andy Ruiz. I want Andy Ruiz to knock him down. I want him to win, man. Because right. Andy Ruiz is a great fighter, like you guys said. Speed. He has the speed other heavyweights don't have, you know, right now in the, in the division at least. Fast. And um, but I just don't see him chasing. I don't think he can. I think he'll just get frustrated if Andy, if Anthony Joshua brings that game plan using the jab, using the distance, uh, footwork around the ring. Andy Ruiz chasing him down. It might frustrate Andy Ruiz, and then out of out of nowhere. But can he have sustain it? That that's the question is going to be for AJ exactly. as well. Because I see him doing that early in those. But can he stick to that plan? Does he have the endurance? Uh, you know because. No matter what, the the jab is is really a very hard punch to 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 conquer, to throw out there and be consistent and to be using your footwork at the same time. You have to be very fluent with both things, jabbing and moving backwards. That's what made Muhammad Ali so phenomenal is he was able exactly, to jab yeah. backwards and box backwards. Um, a yep. lot of guys are not able to do that. Lennox was great at doing it, you know, but he had yep. the, he was under the two lids of Stewart that showed you how to do these things. And also, in boxing, too, a lot of kids, they need to learn how to have their, their spurts of, uh, of, of breathing technique, you know, of gaining some oxygen into their lungs, you know, and having those short little breaks. It's like in, in singing and music and all that. You learn these techniques to get, you know, short spurts of, of, of oxygen back into your lungs yeah. to continue on. AJ is a big guy. He's got to really consume a lot of oxygen. So, and he doesn't I, I quite just, know how to do that either. Yeah, there he, was, doesn't, there was, he doesn't. There was a there was a uh, anyone who saw the first fight saw him take like a deep breath in the middle of one of the rounds, like <laughs> almost trying to calm himself down. You know, I thought that was more of a oh shit, in my opinion, you know, there, Milcar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Calm himself down, like he was a little anxious about what was going on. Yeah. Very true. Good points, guys. Very good points. And just to real quick, just to rub off of what uh, brother was saying a moment ago, as far as the breathing, you know, and Anthony, jo- it's not easy to to use footwork and jab at the same time. If that's going to be a problem for AJ, I got Andy Ruiz definitely knocking him out around the seventh round, man. Definitely. Woo! There you go. You're on the record, my man. There you go. <laughs> Thank you guys so hey. much. I'll be calling next week, man. Absolutely, brother. Well, Thank you, you so much. He's out. Well, the you know, Saudi is now two to one. Ruiz wins. I know. <laughs> we are you. in the United States too, and he is from the United States, so maybe there's a little bit of that bias as well. Right. I don't know. There's a little bit of biasness. That, yeah, exactly. I was going to say that, you know. But let me let me ask you this, man. Because of all sports, uh, especially here in the states, you have basketball, you got baseball, you got football, and then you got mm-hmm. soccer. I, I think at the bottom of the barrel is going to be boxing. 
uh, at this point. It's not the national sport. It's not the sport that all Americans tune in to watch every uh, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Not even but, in the main menu of ESPN Plus. <laughs> no, not if even. You know, not even. God. Got to go to like a secondary page to get to boxing. I'll let you actually, before I ask the question to Kenny, I'll let you go into your little rant about the ESPN Plus because I, I totally agree with you when you were, we were discussing this off the air. Go ahead, uh, Emil Carr. Yeah, I was just saying to you guys before the show, right before we're going to get on, that I find the whole platform extremely frustrating. And, I mean, we're all tech-savvy people here. We all know how to use OTT streaming platforms like Netflix, um, The Zone, and others, uh, you know, Amazon Prime Video. I always have trouble searching for fights on ESPN+. And the worst part is at times you'll find spoilers when you're looking for a fight. And and the other thing I don't like, too, is when you do find a fight, it doesn't give you the option of showing it from the beginning. You have to tune in uh, live at first. So if you tune in late, sometimes you're already seeing what's happening. And as Kenny knows and as you know, I really hate spoilers. Right. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I mean, anytime you go back over there, I mean, you're really (laughs) – yeah, you're you're you know what I do normally? I don't even go back to the OTT and I'll tell you why. What I do is I go to a pirate site. If I miss the yeah. fight, I'll go to all the best dot com and they'll immediately have the fight up and then I'll watch oh, it there. there. The only the only problem with that is sometimes the stream is not very well, but you can yeah. outline who's who when they're fighting, you know. But that's yeah, my suggestion. Yeah. You know, no, but I mean if you're paying money, I mean, no one wants it is. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm just saying I'm paying for DAZN. I'm paying right. for ESPN+. Plus. You know, I don't want to have to go through four menus to find the fight that I want to watch. ESPN should know that I watch ESPN+, Plus for boxing. I shouldn't have to sift through all of these other sports and look through menus to find the fight. It's just not good. Maybe and I'm almost at the point know, where I'll cancel and, and join – you and, and, and Kenny and what you guys do with these fights because it's ridiculous. Well, I pay too, but I, I'm with you on that. You know, we're, we're, like I said, if I miss it, I, instead of getting a spoiler, what I do is I'll just go to allthebestfights.com and, and catch it there because I don't want to get those highlights, you know, click there. And, and, or, or sometimes it, it takes a while for it to even get a replay. Like you literally get, sometimes got to wait till the next day. And I don't like doing that. I want to know yeah, immediately serious. because I get the spoilers on my social media. I get the spoilers on 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 our Gmail. You know uh, whether I like it or not. Fight fans, and I've said this numerous times. Fight fans want to talk boxing twenty four seven. That's what we do. That's who we are. You know. Yep. Um, we got about. Woo, we only have five more minutes, so let's try to patch in just one more caller to get their prediction here on leaving. I, man, time has flown. We didn't even get to half the topics we wanted to talk to about today. Uh, it was going to be tough with the interview, which you did at the beginning of the show, which right. was great. Right. The interview was amazing, yeah. though, so that's, that's okay. So let's patch in uh, area code 818. You're on live right now, Lieberman Ring. What's on your mind? 818, you out there, brother? Blue knows the real chance. Hello? What you got for us, man? I don't know. They dropped off and stuff. But uh, okay. So, anyways, uh, hey, really quick, got five more minutes left here. 
Let me. I gotta ask Kenny this because I know Kenny is a big uh, sports fan. He just just doesn't watch yeah. boxing, watches the other sports and all that. Kenny, what is easier to predict, bro? Uh, analyzing the sport, is it easier to to watch like football, basketball, or or, or oh, well, I know you're a big basketball fan. Is it easier to watch that and and then predict what that team's gonna do next than boxing? Because I know you gotta follow the players and the stats. So give me your opinion about that. Well, I do. I do. Fan, I play fantasy basketball, which is all based on player stats. So I compete with a lot of other uh, twelve other guys who pick players on the team, and 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 basically we compete with each other based on stats. So I'm already all up on the stats in basketball. So for me, that will be much easier to predict. There's no such thing as fantasy boxing. That doesn't exist. You know, like right. I can't have I can't have a team of boxers that I face up against your team of boxers, you know, because they don't fight frequently enough, and it's, it's a, for good reason. We don't want anybody getting hurt, badly hurt and injured. Uh, to, to fully answer your question, I would say it's uh, uh, definitely easier for me to predict a, 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 a basketball uh, face-off or matchup uh, than a boxing matchup because in boxing there's a lot of intangibles. Uh, like styles make fights, as they say. So, you know, you you never know how someone's jab or how someone's lateral movement or how someone's strong chin or how someone's uh, eraser is going to affect the match. It, 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 it's it's unpredictable, you know. Uh, um, it, it, you just don't know. Uh, yeah, so just to fully answer the question, it's definitely easier for me to predict something like basketball or football, whereas the team sports, and you know what these guys do on the daily as opposed to uh, – uh, a sport like boxing that uh, a fighter can fight in one style in this fight and the next fight he can completely change his style and be a brawler or something, you know? It's it's much more difficult in boxing. So let me ask you right now with Andy Ruiz and, and AJ, um, if you had to make comparisons to who's the uh, – who, like right now with the football, with football, okay, whoever is on the lead in football right now, who would you say who's up? Who's on the up right now for football? What is it? Uh, is it like the 49ers, right? They only have they've only lost what one game so far, or maybe even two. I don't know. I, I don't keep up with the, with the other sports as much, you know. But um, so is 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 Andy Ruiz the Niners right now, or or is he the the underdog in your opinion? Oh, uh, I that's such a difficult question. <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> you didn't know I was going to throw these questions at you today, Vato. <laughs> you, 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 you threw me a slider right now. Come on. But, uh, <laughs> uh, um, I, I don't know. Uh, Andy Ruiz is only uh, the underdog in terms of uh, uh, the, like, the fans' eyes, the, the, like what people see. Like, like it's, it, it's not it, – it's it, uh, uh, he's not the underdog in, in, a, in a commentator's. Uh, eyes or someone who's like a like a serious boxing fan like like us like we're very serious about boxing it's not he's not the underdog then but if you're just like a guy who's hopping into boxing here and there looking at boxing Andy Ruiz is definitely the underdog if you pick up a magazine and you see a uh, 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 Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua on the cover of the magazine uh, in a heavyweight matchup it, it, people are gonna choose Anthony Joshua uh, hands down so uh, no he's not the underdog definitely not this this match can go either way. I only chose Anthony Joshua in five because uh, I think he has a lot to prove right now. Uh, if he is going to be that heavyweight champion that everybody thought he was going to be, uh, he has a lot to prove right now. And if he's going to prove something, there's no better way to prove something than, than with an early knockout. 
but no, there's no underdog in this fight. It, it, it's very closely matched, and I can't I can't wait to see it. Uh, it's it's man styles make fights, and this is gonna be an amazing fight. It certainly is, man. This Saturday on the Zone stream, you're gonna catch the rematch, uh, an anticipated re- heavyweight champ for championship fight between Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua. Is it revenge or? Repeat. I want to thank everybody again for tuning in and calling in to Leaving the Ring. As always, my two co-hosts, Milkar and Kenny, uh, for making this always a great night. Um, we'll catch you guys again on Monday here on Leaving the Ring. Same time, same channel, same number. As always, have a, enjoy the weekend. Don't drink and drive because, guys, you will spill your beer. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.